Run me Kevin here. Most of Twitter is up in arms right now over inflation. Mostly things like, let's go Brandon, Dems voted for this, prices will keep going up, and hmm, weird, corporate profits are at all-time highs, yet wages are not. And while it's true that uh, corporate uh, prices and pro corporate profit-taking are at all-time highs, and a lot of this is happening under Biden's watch, we are starting to see a shift that the mainstream media is blind to. Right now, you've got folks on the left making excuses for why inflation is what it is, and you've got folks on the right, like Fox News, reporting that 70% of Americans are unhappy with the state of the economy. But what is the inflection that we're seeing right now? Well, let's talk about that. Quick note, this video is brought to you by Titan, but more on them in a moment. In the meantime, you can always check out the link in the description down below next to the courses with the programs and coupon codes for building your wealth. Okay, first inflection point that we need to pay attention to, the Manheim Used Vehicle Report. Now, if we first look at the Manheim Used Vehicle Report, we're, and, and a lot of folks do this, and this is one of the problems with, unfortunately, mainstream media, is the headline indicates that prices for used cars are still going up. And when we look at this headline, we think to ourselves, okay, well, as expected, prices are continuing to go up, inflation is still here, what else is new? Nothing. Manheim used vehicle price index, going up. <laughs> uh, but when we actually look under the curtain of what's happening, we learn a whole lot more. And this is something that's very, very important. We always wanna find inflection points. Take a look at this. This is the index. When we look at it here, we're like, oh no, straight up, continuing up. But this little circle there covers what's actually going on. And it's another inflection point that's really important to pay attention to. Here's a summary of the Manheim and its inflection point. We saw weekly price declines in December that actually accelerated in the final weeks of the month. The three-year-old index declined 1.7%. Those are for three-year-old vehicles. These are things like Ford F-150s, uh, Corollas, some of the most popular vehicles. And they all saw, all of them, saw declines in prices of 1.7%. Year over year, we're still up. There's no doubt about that. But market prices were lower than last month and average daily sales conversions declined to 53%, indicating that we nearly have a balance between buyers and sellers in the market, as opposed to a big unbalance to one side, which was many more buyers and not enough sellers. We're getting to a balanced point again. As a result, more vehicles are showing price depreciation. Again, year over year, all of them saw price increases, with vans having the best performance and prices going up. Uh, but according to Cox Automotive, total US vehicle sales were actually down 4% year over year in December. And retail supply, which peaked in April of 2020 at 114 days, ended at 54 days just uh, now slightly above normal levels, which means we're finally building supply again where we've been having these shortages. And this is helping drive vehicle prices, uh, at least temporarily, to the downside. Especially worth noting that the inflection point is accelerating or this, this change is accelerating or has accelerated towards the end of December. That is, prices started falling more towards the end of December than they were falling at the beginning of December. And so we expect that this pace could continue in January. And what's also important to note is that retail sales are trending 
down from their peak in spring. If you look at research from Manheim and the Manheim Institute, you're going to find a, an almost straight decline uh, from about April uh, of this year uh, to December in used and new vehicle sales. And this is going to continue to add to pricing pressure uh, for new and used vehicles. On a month over month basis, again, top selling vehicles on the three-year-old index, so that's the 2018-2019 models, all showed declines, every single one of them. Uh, and prices seem to have really peaked in August and November. So despite the fact that sales have been going straight down since uh, April, where we had a sales peak, we did have price peaks in August and November, but those have all consistently been on a downward trend uh, since these price peaks. And uh, uh, that is in August, we had a peak, then we trended down with a brief little revisit in November, but now we're trending, we're on that same downtrend where prices are rotating down. So this is actually really good. And this kind of data is masked by the overarching or the overall chart, where if you just look at the chart on sort of a zoomed out basis and you see this, you're like, oh my gosh, used car prices are going up, inflation's going to the moon, it's the Democrats' fault, you know, all that kind of nonsense. But when we actually look under the hood, it's like, wait a minute, we're actually starting to see an inflection point in the Manheim market report. And this is a big deal. But not only is this a big deal, there are other things that are inflecting as well. Listen to this, the personal savings rate is now back at pre-pandemic levels, around 7%. JP Morgan found that lower incomes have already exhausted their savings, and working and middle-class families are expected to have exhausted their additional savings by the early part of this year. Now, what's important to note here is that Indeed.com conducted a survey in the last 30 days about why people aren't searching for jobs, why it's taking longer to fill some positions, why in the beige book we're hearing that folks in Dallas, Texas have to hire five people just to keep one of them because they're finding such a mismatch in the employees that are actually applying for jobs compared to the work and skill sets that they need. So it's becoming so hard to find folks. One of the reasons is because according to Indeed.com, folks aren't really that motivated to find jobs right now because they've got a good financial cushion. But again, going back to JPM, that financial cushion could be evaporating in the next few months, meaning that businesses could maybe finally start actually finding the workers they they need without necessarily having to raise wages even more. Now, don't get me wrong, I think wages have some catching up to do, but wages going up obviously create pressures for uh, manufacturing input costs uh, and supply input costs. And so this uh, is another place where we're actually seeing inflection points to the downside in inflation. Listen to these two stats right after a message from our sponsor. Titan. Thank you, today's sponsor, Titan. It takes a lot of time to keep up with everything going on in the stock market. I know, I spend hours every single day researching everything that goes on. And quite frankly, this is where Titan can help you. Titan is the first investment platform for everyday investors that want their money actively managed by a team of experts. They do the research for you so you don't have to spend hours reading articles and understanding the Federal Reserve reports or stressing out about the minutes. Oh my gosh, the minutes. Having someone else manage your portfolio can save a lot of time and a lot of stress, and you can get started for as little as $100. They even offer an actively managed crypto portfolio, so even if you're not a complete expert in crypto, but you want exposure to crypto, they can take care of you. The Titan team can manage it for you. You'll even see exactly how your money is managed through their video, audio, and written updates through their proprietary mobile app. 
Right now, if you use my URL, titan.com slash Kevin, you'll get your first three months of investment management totally for free, zero fees. And you can now join the smarter way to invest with Titan. And all it takes is clicking that link down below or going to titan.com slash Kevin and $100 and you can get started. Remember that's titan.com slash Kevin for zero fees. Okay, so let's get back to this inflection point. Services PMI is now at a three month low. That is price pressures on the services PMI has hit a three month low. This is a good sign for inflation. The purchasing price index today came in with a lower month over month uh, inflation read than expected. We were expecting a 0.4% read or about a 4.8% annualized inflation rate. We actually came in at 0.2% or only a 2.4% annualized inflation rate. Of course, year over year, we're still up. Prices have gone up about 9.7%, which also came in slightly weaker than expected. And it's a big year over year number. But on the month over month data, the data that is most important now, we're seeing a decline, a substantial decline from the 0.4% expected to 0.2%. That's the PPI. But on top of that, we also had the manufacturing PMI report from IHS market surveys. And they showed that manufacturing growth came in at 55.5, anything over a read of 50 is growth. But the big tell, quote, input cost inflation softened to a three month low. We're still above long run averages, but we did have a softening to three month low. So on manufacturing and services and producer price uh, index, on all three of these here, we have an inflection to the downside in inflation combined with the uh, Manheim vehicle report showing a downside to inflation, combined with a, uh, a sort of a return to normal in the personal savings rate. In other words, people have less money, probably or likely to contribute to a future decline uh, or a continued decline rather in, uh, in, in uh, inflation, uh, because now if people have less money to spend, then that again could potentially imply that we're going to see a, uh, an, an overall rotation uh, to the downside in inflation. But it's not just that, uh, because we do have this sort of dual impact of Omicron. See, Omicron could actually make inflation worse, just like the Delta variant ended up making inflation more long-lasting and persistent because of the supply chain disruptions. It's worth noting that Omicron right now, which could end up having those or causing those same sorts of supply chain disruptions, uh, which would not be good, that would hurt inflation. So far, that's not happening too severely with the exception of little instances in China where this is occurring. But what's more important, in my opinion right now, is actually looking at the, uh, the Apple and Google Mobility Index to see, hey, what's happening in markets? Are individuals actually spending more money? Are they getting out there spending more money? Or are we seeing less activity, which potentially implies less spending? Take a look at it right here. This is the Apple Mobility Driving Index right here, ending today, January 13th. Uh, and so it's indexed from a year ago, right? But uh, this report is from today. And you can see the US data is this light blue line here, or the Americas data. Uh, on a four-week mobility path, we are actually down 20.5%. 
uh, and take a look at this. This is kind of that mobility data. We're down here, so we've fallen a little bit relative to even uh, levels where we were in August. So we've got substantially less mobility than we had even during the Delta surge right now, which could potentially imply less spending to come. So that's the Apple mobility data. This is the Google mobility index. You can clearly see this decline here. I mean, we are at levels that we last saw in April of 2020 when we were really just starting to have the spring reopening. Uh, sorry, April of 2021 uh, after the uh, COVID winter. TomTom Tom congestion index also showing uh, that we are at low levels, uh, likely back to uh, about January of 2021, according to this. So clearly seeing a decline in mobility. And uh, this, this is definitely something where, wait a minute, decline in mobility combined with people having less savings means potentially less spending, which potentially means less price pressures. Combined again, with the inflection point in the manheem, the inflection in the PMI, PPI, services PPI, or PMI rather, uh, it, all of these things combined together, along with likely substantially less fiscal spending in 2021 and increased borrowing costs from the Federal Reserve as rates go up, borrowing costs will go up, we could potentially see all of these things doing the same exact thing, pushing inflation down. Less money to spend because of higher borrowing costs or because you have less that you got from the government or because you have less for any reason. Less financial cushion means you're spending less money, you're going back to work, you're providing potentially more supply to the labor market, which reduces that, that price pressure on wages, along with all of these other input costs sort of starting to inflect to the downside. This is a good sign for inflation. All of these things are pointing to lower inflation. Now, the big risk, though, of course, is China. China is seeing COVID spread rapidly. The good news right now, though, is in areas where COVID is beginning to spread rapid, rapidly, we notice a peak usually somewhere between two to four weeks after the surge. Look at the United Kingdom, cases rotating down. Look at New York City, cases flat for the last four days. China, again, seeing a rapid spread of COVID. Multiple cities have gone into lockdown ahead of the Winter Olympics in Beijing, but over 20 million people are being confined by these lockdowns. And, and this could unfortunately negatively affect inflation if we end up seeing more supply chain constraints. In fact, one city in China one of the, with one of the world's largest shipping ports and a production hub for foreign businesses ordered a half-day break solely for COVID testing. This again brings fears that Omicron could disrupt supply chains, but we don't expect to see the same disruption that we saw with Delta. If anything, these should be recoverable supply chain in interruptions as long as Omicron does not stay too long to end up damaging supply chains uh, for longer periods of time. But anyway, uh, uh, all of this together here, I have to say, as sort of a bottom line, I'm very optimistic. I'm optimistic that, yes, inflation did last longer and was more last long uh, or was more persistent than expected, but that that inflection point in inflation is coming and that we're going to more broadly see that inflection point over the next two to three months which in my opinion is not only bullish for technology stocks, but is also bullish for cryptocurrencies, which I'm very, very excited about. So uh, again, Manheim, uh, personal savings rates going down, increased borrowing costs, for, uh, lower fiscal spending, probably an inflection point coming for Omicron, which should put less pressure on supply chains. PMI, services PMI, PPI, all of these things inflecting down, good news for inflation, 
good news for the future of cryptocurrencies and tech stocks, and I'm super excited. Remember, folks, if you want to get all of my buy-sell alerts, which I just bought some cryptocurrency, check out the programs on Building Your Wealth down below. Thank you to Titan for sponsoring today's video. If you found this video helpful, consider sharing it. And folks, we'll see you in the next one.